Hi, this is Jennifer. I'm Elizabeth. This is Amanda. And I'm Jasmine. And we are the Sisters Collective. We invite you to pull up a seat and join our family meeting. All right, ladies. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know what I just thought of? What is that 708 song we used to sing? Um, where my girls Boom, at? Boom, like an 808。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こん
of trying something different because of the stability that my current position brings me. And that's, mm. that's, that's, that's understandable. Mm-hmm. As someone who is an entrepreneur and has, have had um, jobs, nine to fives, where I knew every two weeks a check was coming. I knew where my money was coming from. I knew exactly how much, even though I still, I get, I get to live in the balance of both worlds where I have a check that comes every two weeks, but it's, they're paying my business. Mm-hmm. I get the beauty of both worlds, but then I still have clients. But I understand your your trepidation when it comes yeah. to that because you have built up a life of, that is very comfortable. Yeah. Right. That affords you to do things that a lot of people aren't able to do. Your finances, there's they're not, not a big worry when it comes to that. Um, and being an entrepreneur literally is a faith walk every single day. Mm-hmm. And it stretches me. I really, like, literally, there are moments. Um, it has really stretched my faith in such a way that there are moments that I literally have to say, um, God, I, I'm depending on you to raise up someone to use their power, their influence, and their ability to help me prosper. So I thank you that you're blessing my clientele so that they have the finance they need to pay their invoices. So there's no stress in their homes. No, literally. So there's no stress in their homes over finances. So they're not worried about having to balance whether they're going to pay me or pay their bills. I need you to bless my clientele so they can Amen. be a blessing to me. Yes. So I pray for them because... God is using them to be a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that they are blessed so that they can be a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. So it's important for us to have the right mindset when doing it. Not just, you know, for me, not just because I'm ready to jump. Not just because I don't like my job, but I love my job. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love it, but I research, feel... Do your homework. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I was going to say. Before you make that that step, um, make sure that that's what God is calling you to do. That's what you feel. And that's with anything, but that certainly comes to that, that as well. And I've, I've, I've told people before and I'll always say it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with having a nine to five and letting your nine to five Mm -hmm. fund your vision until such a time that your vision pays Mm -hmm. your bills. Absolutely. You need to be on that nine to five. Amen. But what's not why I suggest drop everything right. and then now I'm going into my own. But I think sometimes business. fear even stops you from the thought. It does. Yes. It, fear it does. Even it does. stops you from dreaming bigger. Yes. Um, because I have, um, I do have a comfortable life. I right. do, you know, travel. You know, like I do those things, and so the idea, I don't want that to hold captive my thoughts of what I believe God is calling for me. Yeah. So, mm. so I'm, I'm, I'm letting go of fear. Y'all need to let go of fear in all aspects of whatever it is that fear might be holding you back from. Fear of taking on that new job. Fear from doing whatever it takes in this new season. You know, um, do your homework and don't let fear stop you. You know, there's two types, two types of places that fear can come from. It could be the fear of failure or the fear of success. Both of them are very mm. real. Mm. And since you said yeah, fear, I, I'm going to I'll throw that in there because I... I can admit that I, I think I have in the past dealt with both. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I would be afraid to step out on certain things or I would, and it kind of goes back to the one of mine, which is stagnation. Um, twice this weekend that was spoken over me, that there would be no more stagnation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm putting that back in the atmosphere so that God knows I agree. Mm-hmm. That the, the 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 seasons of stagnation have ended for me, but what has kept me stagnant, I have to address that mm-hmm. because I can say there's no more stagnation, and I can agree with God, but if I don't address what kept me stagnant, I'll still be stagnant. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, some of it was fear of failure, some of it was fear of success. The fear of failure comes from the fact that I I have projects and I have ideas, I have different um, 
creatively I have different uh, pictures, draw-ups of t-shirt designs and um, I can think of something quickly of what I want to do, but I won't, I won't act go, I won't act on it all the way or mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll take one step and get someone to draw it up. But I don't, if I'm not satisfied with what they've done, I'll just kind of lay off of it for a season or I'll finish a book and I won't produce it. So little things like that, because I'm afraid of, well, you know, I'm not a t-shirt designer and I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to do something that they're doing or, you know, mm-hmm. what if they don't like the design? What if it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense? What if the, the book doesn't resonate with folks? And at the end of the day, if the creative ability that I have came from God, then what I produce is good. Mm-hmm. And I have to not be afraid of, because there's somebody that needs something that came from me. That's so that fear of failure, I have to get over that. Then there's the fear of success. The, part of the reason that I have in the past fear of success is because there's a level of responsibility that comes yeah. along with yeah. being well, in a place of success that yes. I think sometimes the, um, the overthinker in me doesn't want to have to do all of that extra stuff mm. that it will take to be successful, but well, to maintain that, to success. maintain it. Like I, I think for me, it, I, the, it goes back to being afraid of obtaining something for it to be snatched from me. Mm. So rather than me wow. lose, I just, just won't launch. Right. Okay. Ooh, wow. Write that down, somebody. And 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 I that fear has to go because a part of success failure is built into the success mm-hmm. model. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you won't always win, but even when you lose, you win because you tried something that someone else didn't have the courage to try. Mm-hmm. And so that's the mentality that I have to approach things with now. Um, so the parts of me that would not move, I I no longer get to operate from that space anymore. Right. That's good. I think something that I I know I need to let go is putting up a wall for new people or just people in general general before I even get to know them. Because in my mind, when I meet people, it's always like, I need to read you because I think you're coming with something. Ulterior that, motives? Yes, mm-hmm. or something that... Where does that come from? Have you, have you Do you experience that a lot? Or is it because of work that you feel like you kind of have to stay guarded? Um, maybe because of work and just ex- past experiences mm. um, where I feel like people have you know, at one point you seem friendly and I'm really trying to get to know you and at the same time you were trying to cause harm harm mm-hmm. at the same time so but everybody's not like that then so i can't just assume that you're going to be that type of person right so i need to just really get to know the person and then when you show me that that's the kind of person you, before i put up a wall so don't put up the wall because i put up that wall immediately, immediately. yeah walking down the street i put up the wall <laughs> immediately and then get to know you but it should be the opposite let me get to know you so you're making people break down the wall before your door just isn't open. Oh, the door is, it's not open. And then when I feel like I want to open it up, I'll open it up. But it shouldn't be that way. <laughs> no, that's right. definitely. Because okay. this next season, it's going to be, a. I mean, just relationship building. I think we're learning a lot about relationship building outside of us by how we're building relationships with each other again. Right. And um, it's definitely going to be important for you to know who you can trust. So a part of it is um, being discernful, so being discerning about that. And there's nothing wrong with discerning, but while you're discerning, you still have to be open while you're discerning. In order for you to properly discern, your your gate has to be open. Yes. Okay, you can't really discern from behind a wall. That's right. Because you haven't even let them close enough to see what you need to see. Um, God will protect you. So I'm just affirming, he's not going to let any harm 
um, he'll warn you. The Holy Spirit is, is right. he is real. He, he, I think you just have to trust the leading of the Holy Spirit when it comes to new relationships and things of that nature. Yeah. yeah. But I can completely But understand. I get it. I, I totally get it. Right. Um, for me, in this next season, I am trying to let go of, almost kind of piggybacking on what you guys were talking about. Um, but it's for me, it's more so of coming back into the workspace, mm-hmm. coming back into my career, per se, and feeling that I need to be where other people are. Um, because I have a new, like, I've, I had a whole child, so. Whole. A whole child. And so it's, so it's like. Oh, I feel like, oh, I should still be producing the way I was producing before, you know, I even got pregnant where I was able to do four or five shoots, six shoots a day, where now it's like, I have to maybe do one or two. And that is like, it it feels, you know, you feel some type of way, like I should be further along in the process than I am, but you just have to realize this is your process and you have to go, you have, it's very, very personal and like even me becoming um you know a realtor and seeing other realtors out there I'm like well how are these people um processing the way they are and doing the things that they're able to do it's because they don't have the same responsibilities that you have so Mm -hmm. they're able to dedicate more time Mm -hmm. to it where you have to dedicate your time to you know to your child and so that is where I'm I'm at in this season it's like walk in your process Mm mm-hmm um, don't don't be worried about other people and and how they're moving and how their success level because at some point when it's time everything is gonna rev back up and you need to honestly just take the time to to be in a in a season that is not so busy mm-hmm. um, even though it's like oh you know kind of what you that fear when you're an entrepreneur it's like this this is my money this is my living I don't. I don't have that that walk the line that you do, Liz. Mm-hmm. Um, so I literally, my money is what I do. If you don't work, you don't eat. And if I don't work, I don't eat. I don't get paid. So it's like, all right, what I was making before was like, I was I was very comfortable yeah. mm-hmm. before, and um, and I believe so, you're gonna get back there too. But I, you I also want so. to be you also want to be with your baby. Like, right, so right. where some moms, which I, I'm going to say, we're talking about attachment styles. I was like, for me, I was like, after them six weeks, after three weeks, I was like, I need to be outside. I can't be in this house no more. <laughs> where you're different, where you're like, you want to be there. You want I mean, granted, me and Amari was outside together, but oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But you want, you want to, you want that closeness. You don't want, you like want to be able to work half time and you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. right, right. I you don't know, want to have to work as much. You know what I've been asking for lately? Um, uh, pig kind of joined in with what you're saying. I've been really asking God to show me, um, how to work smarter. Um, mm-hmm. I want, I've always, I've always been, uh, a part of the thought of having several streams of income. Right. But I also, want to find ways, witty ways to do what I do, um, that set me apart from the crowd, but that also, um, make money for me without me having to work. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's what I'm, I'm saying to you, pray and find ways. There are things you can do, like the courses that you do are doing online, finding ways to push those. And when those jump off, that makes money without you having to work. Right, right, right. 
I want to get to the point that there are certain streams of income that I have that I don't even have. I ha I literally have to remind myself to go back and look at it mm -hmm. because the checks keep coming in. I need to figure out where this money is coming from. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that I think the next step is finding that passive income, I believe is what it's called, mm -hmm. yes. that where I make money without me having to do the work. Yes. And I know, like, like you mentioned, the course online, that's a whole pushing that is a whole mm -hmm. process in itself. And so it's like, I got it done. It's up there, but it's like, okay, now I have to market and put it out there and, and send like, okay, I have all of these things. Like even being a real estate agent, there's a whole process to getting started to getting your contacts, getting referrals. Okay. Work on that. Some then work on this business and then work on. Yeah. Do you feel like you have so many things going on at times, but I'm like, I don't mind it. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like I said, you have to have multiple streams, streams of income. So it's like, I don't mind it. It's just as soon as, like, you just put the work in. So as soon as they jump off, you're just, all right, we're mm -hmm. good. So you just got to put the time in. You just got to put there. the time in. And honestly, like, while it is slower, this is when I need to put the time in. Exactly. You know? True, yeah. true, true. I, I was reading, um, I had actually written down the definition, and I know we kind of already passed, but I had looked at the definition of stagnation. I want to read it in case we have listeners that are kind of in that same place at the end of the year and you feel like you haven't done anything. Mm -hmm. I want to read this definition of stagnation, and maybe that'll prompt you to not stay there mm -hmm. because when I read it, it literally like lit a flame in me. It says, um, stagnation is a noun, the state of or condition of stagnation. Or having stopped as by ceasing to run or flow. The second definition says a foulness or staleness as one emanating from a standing pool of water. Then it says a failure to develop, progress, or advance. Periods of economic stagnation followed by burst of growth. Um, the state or quality of being or feeling sluggish and dull. Mm -hmm. That part about a failure to develop, mm -hmm. progress, or advance. Um, the part about a foul or staleness, when water sits still, it gets stale and begins mm -hmm. to smell. Mm -hmm. And our lives are like that. When we don't progress and we don't move and we look the same year after year after year and it, it, you get a dull appearance to you, um, you, when nothing is happening in your life, um, that's not a good thing. So there should be progress, not just movement, but progress. Mm -hmm. So, um... That that kind of resonated with me when I started hearing that. I immediately wanted to look it up and see what does what does stagnation sound like? What does it look like? So that I know what not to do. Right. right. All right. What well, else are we throwing one, away? One thing I said I wanted to throw away is this thought of discouraging kids from trying things. I think back when when Amanda was growing up and she wanted to play all these sports and um, she wanted to model. And we never discouraged her from mm -hmm. doing that. Even though in sports she was not very good. But it's I'm going anyway. yep. to be at every track meet. And I'm going to be the biggest cheerleader. And I can remember one particular track meet where I think she literally came in like last place. <laughs> she started off really good She though. started off I mean, like really good. But really she came fast. in last place. Because I think she came out too fast. Three quarters of the way around and that bell was on her back. And then but somebody oh around us started talking about her. Ooh. And that was the worst thing. You they don't talk about done. mine. That's the worst thing. Because that's when you're going to see another side of Jennifer. We started going off. So, I mean, literally, we're arguing with people at this track meet because you're talking about my sister. And I'm like, that. you just don't do that. And so, I'm one who now, when I go to events... 
I never talk about kids, basically because of what the profession I'm in, but just because of what I experienced. You don't talk about people's kids because you don't know when you talk about them, you may discourage them mm-hmm. from going. And like while we did, we didn't see her participating in sports manifest anything like in her. But now I see it in her kids that they're talented athletes. Um, and even with the modeling, we would pay this money that we really didn't even have. We didn't even have it. But she wanted to be a model. So we're going to pay this money. I don't even know if we were paying monthly or whatever we were paying. I think paying. it was probably like weekly or bi-weekly or something. We were paying money that we didn't even have because I just I had just started teaching. And I was fresh out of school. Liz Neither was one of fresh us out of school. Money. We didn't have money, but... We knew we had to support her, and we were her only support. We were, we were her sisters, not her, not even her parents, but we were her support system. So yeah, yeah. we made sure that we did what needed to be done so that she could, you know, pursue the dreams that were on her heart. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what Jen is saying is we didn't see the fruit in her, but the seeds that were planted in her are developing in her children. Her That's child right. is now an actor, um, has won awards, and has... Talk about some of the things that he has done as an actor. Yeah, um, so he was in a commercial and now just a short film. A national commercial. Yeah, that is true, with Dick's Sporting Goods. And so they called back the other day for us. So it's like, it's really exciting. Um, It's a competitive market, but I absolutely see what I learned from doing it myself of how to get your, how to truly get yourself into the market and not necessarily paying, you know, some of the companies out there, you know what I'm saying? To do it when you don't know, you, you don't know. But, um, so that's that. And even just like with my youngest, just for me, I agree with what you're saying, just not discouraging them in anything that they do. Cause you know, you go through this process of wanting to do so many different things. Like, mm-hmm. all you know what I'm saying? I was in volleyball. I was in track. I was in <laughs> acting. I mean, I was in drama. I'm a good enough that my friends were really good at acting. They really were. Um, there are a whole bunch of better runners on the track team. I was on volleyball, but I was I like to stay busy as I do now. Um, but what I learned from all of that is to just continue supporting them regardless right. of what it is. Because one, you don't you don't see the fruits of it, but you don't what that taught in me is to like not give up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like to like how to work as a team and even though I don't do anything athletically, but I do it in like in my job. You know right, what I'm saying? So right. the, the skills that I learned in that. So I would say just for parents or caregivers or support people, just support your kids. And you'll never know who listen to you when you at in games talking about people kids. Exactly. So talking about people kids. But like, also do they're that. developing. Yeah, Children, they're, they're, they're learning who they are. Right. And they're kind of mm-hmm. trying to figure out what they're good at. And I think our responsibility as both as parents, but also as families, Human beings, though, as just, families, though, yeah. is to support and nurture yeah. the gifts of children while they're developing. And you don't know exactly which gifts. Some right, children, right. you know, kind of know you can kind of pinpoint where their gifts are. But while they're developing, it's important that you not discourage them during that development stage because it can, it can shut down. Uh, their mm-hmm. their ability their, it'll shut down sometimes their ability to even dream mm-hmm. and to think well of themselves. Yeah. So you have to give them an opportunity to 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 try. Without mm-hmm. the discouragement being added yeah. to it, so that's, yeah, Jen, agree, that's a good point. Yeah, that's good. And do you know one thing I, I else I want to add to it is when we like sometimes I'll often say, "Oh, I'm not a hugger. I'm not that." But I say I have to stop saying that because there are people who need a hug or want to hug you. So when I say, "Uh, no, I'm not a hugger," I don't know who I'm pushing away mm, by right. me saying that. 
And what really made me think about that is every time, like, I see the kids, Mari, they, they always come and hug. So what if I was saying, I don't like the hug? How would I push them away mm-hmm. if I said, just because I'm not a hugger, I said I have to stop saying that because people may be depending on me to hug them. I may release something to them by me just touching them. And coming. so I, that's something I'm going to stop saying. Does it bother you to hug? Because I was like, I it see that too. Bother, okay. It doesn't bother. I don't know why. I, it doesn't bother me because I am an emotional touchy feeling person, but I don't know. But you're not with, just going to walk up to somebody and hug them. No, but there are times because people have heard me say that. That they want to initiate hugs. But they'll anymore. ask me, can I hug you? Mm. Because of whatever may be happening at that time, whatever they felt like I've done for them, they wanted to. They want to give me a hug, and, and then I'm like, and show appreciation. And I said, I have to stop saying that because I don't know what I could give to people just by a, a touch. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. I hug kids all the time, and they never ask. That's oh, just don't. something we do. <laughs> We're right. spirit beings. We communicate through touch. Yeah. Right. As much as we can communicate with our voices and all of that, we communicate right. through touch. And interactions of that nature. So it's important that we. Um, it just made me think, like, where do we get that from? Like, even though now that I'm a mom, I was like, can you just give me a hug and sit right there? Like, I don't know. Like, it is. I don't like push them away or discourage them, but I know I feel in me, like, with the extra, like, like my kids like to sleep under you. Like they like to sleep like right here. I'm like, can you just go back to your own bed? Like I don't know why. Like, and I'm sure, I'm sure it's because maybe you know I didn't get all the extra hugs when I was younger. And I am, y'all know I used to hug y'all all the time. Like I don't mind. Like it's funny. Like I don't mind like being the initiator of like hugging. You don't like receiving them. I'm like, can you? What do you want to hug for? Not my kids, but like other people in the world. (laughs) But you're the opposite. You you don't initiate the hugs. But people want may want to hug you. You see what I'm saying? And that's where you're just like, ah. So but I have to stop doing yeah, that because then I, you you never know how you can impact someone by pushing them away or mm. even appearing to be like, okay, I need you to take a few steps back. Um, don't touch me. <laughs> I literally didn't think about it until we started talking about this. Like, what could my love language be saying to my kids? Ooh, love language. You know That's something saying? else for us to what get could, into. Yeah. What could my, what did we talk about the other day? Attachment style. Attachment style be portraying to my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't necessarily like care for the extra like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Someone initiating. Like, I give them hugs all the time and kisses. And Mari's like, I want to give you a hug. I'm like, okay. I'm like, just sit over there. But I, it made me open my eyes to the fact that I could be pushing him away. Mm-hmm. What I don't want you to be doing is trying to hug these little fast hair girls when you get in middle school. So I'm just giving you all the hugs you need, okay? Well, yeah, you're not going to be able to. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, okay. So let me go ahead and get a little right now. <laughs> <laughs> what other trash are we throwing away today? Um, I kind of want to throw away my triggers, some of the things mm-hmm. that trigger me. And I'm, tr- like, I'm really trying to unearth some of that, mm-hmm. like, really figure out where it came from, how how it did get to this point, but like passive aggressive tendencies of yes. people. <laughs> Are you passive aggressive? No, I'm not. Uh, I, she I'm can very, recognize passive aggressive. I can recognize it and it and it bothers me. And I'm like, why does it bother me so? I mean it should um, bother you because people shouldn't be passive aggressive. I think it's because you define, are not that way. if you know if you can define what what it feels like or what passive aggressive looks like. 
because um, it's it's not unnatural for that to bother you. What needs to be thrown away is not you you reacting to people being passive aggressive, passive aggressive stuff. People that are passive aggressive throw that tendency away. away. Yes, absolutely. Um, what it looks like and what it feels like, like. I can I can relate it to a story of okay. something that happened. Um, I rented out this particular photo studio. Now that photo studio has different owners, and I'm like, thank God. Um, but I was there, and I think I had Junior with me while I was, because he likes to come on photo shoots. Mm-hmm. I like to expose him to, to that. Yes. And so he was um, there with me, and while I was, like, working with the model or whoever, he was, like, walking on this white wall. If you've ever seen the white walls in mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was, like, walking over there. And I kept telling him, don't, you know, don't go over there. So, fast forward maybe a week, maybe a few days or a week or so after I rented the studio out, the owner of the studio calls me and is, like, or texts me or something. And is like, um, did somebody walk on the, the wall? And because there's footprints on the wall. And I was just like, oh, he did, but I told him to move. And I was just like, well, you know, well, you know, we're going to have to gonna have to fix that i'm gonna try to see if we need to if we can clean it or if um we we're gonna have to pay to have it painted or whatever and i was just like okay well send me some pictures and let me know what it's gonna cost like i'm very like i'll fix it like if it's a problem Mm -hmm. send, send me what i need but he was just like you know, we really try not to have people walk on it and da 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 like it was well if you don't get to the point and and react to this mess like i was just like what's are are you gonna fix it? Or are you just gonna talk to me about it? Are you just it? gonna talk to me about it? Are you gonna really get to the like if I need to do something, if I did something wrong, if if there's something that needs to be taken care of, let's go ahead and deal with it. Versus, oh, you know, that and that's usually how They're it is. Humming and hawing. That, that's usually what where it comes and it's like, dude. Just tell me what Just you tell mean. me just Tell me, tell me what it's going to cost. Tell me what you got to do. It says a passive goes an avoidance of direct confrontation, as in procrastination, pouting, or misplacing important materials, um, di- uh, indirect resistance to the demands. So it sounds like what you're saying, like mm-hmm. you, like they didn't necessarily know how to address, address yeah. the situation. Yeah. yeah, and me coming at them being like very like direct. Let me let me know mm-hmm. what it's going to cost. Send me some pictures of the damage. And I'll I'll take care of it because I was very direct with him. He, he still didn't, he wasn't expecting that. He yeah. probably was expecting you to come in and be, and be combative like like saying I didn't do blah blah blah. So he wasn't prepared to say okay, okay. well I'll take the pictures and send it to you blah blah. Right, which right. is what you should have just said. Done. Like and so that that passive aggressive I don't know why it can trigger me so because even out in the world and that can bring me into a whole other topic of like dealing I with think it's uh, because you're just microaggression and all of that. Ooh. That's a whole other topic. But first, I'll say, like, that passive-aggressive and me being triggered so much by it because even when you're having, like, regular conversations with people and they tend to be passive-aggressive, it's like, get to the point. Yeah, I think, one, it's kind of two things, but they kind of, to me, they kind of come from the same, they come from the same place. Um, One is cultural appropriation and... Mm-hmm. Um, another mm-hmm. is uh, gentrification. Oh, can we hear um, both of those? And both of them uh, are annoying to mm-hmm. me. Um, and then there's another layer of the cultural appropriation that um, doesn't come from people outside of the race, but comes from people inside of the race mm-hmm. that I want to kind of address a little bit. But cultural appropriation, 
is the action um, definition is saying the action of taking something for one's own use, typically without the owner's permission. Um, and to me, um, this is kind of, um, we see a lot of what's happening in society today where people love black things but don't love black people. Mm. Um, they love our stuff but are not in love with us. Um, I heard somebody say um, they love our rhythm but not our blues. Mm. Um, so people can, they'll take things that are that are culturally, they belong to us. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's hairstyles or music or clothing or vernacular or um just the way we the way we move the way we float throughout life um and while it is okay for you to like the way we do what we do it's not your stuff right and so if you're gonna do it make sure you are citing where you got that from mm-hmm. okay well, let's do a work cited page make sure we do a bibliography <laughs> a reference page of where you got that from mm-hmm. so you're not calling um corn rolls some boxer braids or you know some foolishness like that you calling so a band two knots you calling them some some other kind it of foolishness so, so that kind of stuff I, those that's 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 something i want to really go in the trash cultural appropriation can die um but another <laughs> aspect of and it's not i don't even think this is cultural appropriation as much as this maybe a little bit of self-hate um i'm annoyed by black people who don't like black things mm. um who and when i say that i'm talking about um, the people in this race who are offended by our blackness. Mm. You are offended by our hair. You are offended by our, our speech. You are offended mm. by yeah. the way we float in this earth. Some people are doing what they're doing because it's all they know. All they mm-hmm. know. You, I'm offended by, by, by us who call everything we do ghetto. Right. No, right. everything we do is not ghetto. It's right. just us. Right. Leave, leave, right. leave us alone. Right. Right. We right. leave us alone. Some of us. That's all. That's all we know. Everybody in our family. And, and and the fact of the matter is, we are a special type of people. Yeah. Um. The fact that we can, that we literally have a kind of a dichotomy going on of where we're with our families and we we have one speech. Um, and then we're able to get into um, corporate com- into corporate America mm-hmm. and and flip the switch. And there's a term for that. I keep somebody code um, switching. Code, code switching. switching. Yes. We are one of the few cultures that code switching is just what we do. Exactly. Leave us be. And mm-hmm. when I say us, I'm talking to us. Mm-hmm. Leave us be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stop downing us for doing us. People are out there trying to steal what we're doing, and we mad yes. at what we're doing. Yes. Everything we do is not ghetto. Now, there's some stuff we need to throw away, like, like, like you know, um, headscarves. And when I say headscarves, I'm talking about bonnets. Bonnets. Out in the stuff, there's Bonnets some stuff, are bad. You know, some stuff we do, we need to not do, because right. that ain't us. That's lazy. Yes. But then there are, there are parts of us, that's just us. You, the girls with the, the colored hair and the, 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 the colored braids all down your back, that's us. So... Right. That's, that's, that's expression. That's our self-expression. Right. The, the girls, the, the people who have the, the heavy um, vernacular and everything is kind of, you know, the broken English. Sure, we would rather us, you know, speak with correct grammar, but when really what you're saying is you want us to be more appropriate in front of other races. So, but my thing is, is that 
why don't you do something to support them so that they can understand the difference when they're in corporate America? Thank what you. are you going to do as opposed to just judging them? You're Thank doing you. nothing. You're just staying away. You're so not I have, judging. While I have a problem with cultural appropriation, I, I sometimes have a bigger problem with us who can't stand us. Because it's mm. some of us that don't like us. Did and I have see, a problem with that. Did y'all see the episode of Blackish Mad and Bougie? It, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to see it. It was really good. I watched it. It came out like October 27th or something like that. But I watched it last night. And it was just talking about bougie blacks who they don't um, like want to be around other blacks who are, they might think of a less, by a less, you know, a status thing. They don't like the way they talk. They don't like the way they dress. So it's just easier for them to stay away. We all, you know, a lot of us have uh, degrees and have a seat, uh, uh, obtained a certain status, but some of us use that status sometimes to uh, like shun other people. We use that status yeah, as a right. symbol that we've made it yeah. into an arena that makes our lives a little bit more uh, socially acceptable than the people mm-hmm. that we we're in essence doing what what um, what other communities do to us. Yeah. Make sure there's a ourselves. divide. Mm-hmm. Make sure there's a divide between the haves and the have nots. And we got to cut that foolishness out because yeah. at the end of the day, we're all people just trying to get along in this, this world. We're all just Absolutely. trying to adult. At the end of the day, what he said, you still a nigga. You walking outside, they still going to look at you like you're they a nigga. They still see you as black. They still see you. They don't see you as wealthy. They still right. see you as black. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we can't expect... I don't, and I'm not, I'm not... It's not a white black thing. No, it's no, a people no. thing. Yeah. Um, the disrespect that we have sometimes for our own culture right. that has to end. Yeah, right. That, to, that can be trash. Absolutely. Please take that to the, to the way. Take that to the dump. Absolutely. And to piggyback off of that, colorism. That needs oh, to man, go. Man, please. That needs man, to go. please. Because literally, there's been times where... House nigga feel nigga stuff got to stop. Got to stop. Because, like, my baby girl, I've had to deal with that. Excuse me? I what had, happened? I had to deal with that before she was even born. What you talking? What you mean? Well, first of all, you're brown, not dark. But it doesn't even matter. You're but, who cares? but who cares? And I was just like, seriously? But I think society just... has placed that on you, like placed that on people. So for me, because I wasn't necessarily attracted to men, I never necessarily felt the pressure to because I am dark skinned now I was always affirmed being dark skinned like oh right. you're a pretty black girl or mm-hmm. I don't know why I couldn't just be a pretty girl right but, right right, yeah, right. You're that's a pretty not pretty girl. for a big girl <laughs> no I'm just no actually I'm just pretty right, right. Period. Period. period and so but I think that's that people didn't necessarily know what that meant but but girls who like men who are necessarily looking at light skinned women mm-hmm. and you're a dark skinned you know girl or woman or whatever and one if you haven't been affirmed or you don't you have those insecurities society has already taught you that you're not cute yeah right. okay right. so right. and then well for me I, one I already thought I was cute and I wasn't trying to be attracted to you so it didn't really matter right, right. you know right. what I'm saying but but colorism I, can definitely color, kick it can kick rocks kick. with still yes. still toe boots on even yes. even parents. Who unintentionally do it when they say you're pretty for a black? You're pretty mm-hmm. for oh my chocolate. She's so pretty. Like who? Like when like when parents say like oh you're pretty between two kids. Light skin, dark skin, differentiating kids. between yeah. them and differentiating uh, subconsciously, in an, unintentionally but they differentiate between. Yeah. No, they say it, but they don't recognize they're differentiating between one shade and the other shade mm-hmm. right. and placing importance on the color, right. um, which 
sends a message to that child that eh, there's something different about my color mm -hmm. and there's something different about the way society is going to handle me as a result exactly. of it. And that, that really can die. Right. And so, well, exactly. Go all the way. Because for me, like me and Jamal, we were two different complexions. Two different. But it was like, oh, you're so pretty for uh, a dark skin girl. And I had a lot of hair. And so it felt like my hair was Made what, you beautiful. Was, right. But Jamela mm -hmm. had short hair, but she was brown skin or lighter mm -hmm. skin. So I always felt like she was just pretty anyway. Because they would just mm -hmm. say that she was so pretty. She, so she didn't even have to have hair. She was just pretty because she, she was, was just pretty. Exactly. Wow. And so it was like, oh, you have such pretty hair. You're pretty for a dark skin girl. And I was like, Thanks. I talked about that in the book that I was, I was often called Thanks. by people that cousins and, and, and people that were close to me. They meant no ill oh, will, yeah. but they didn't understand the message they were sending. They were like, you'd be so pretty if you were. Did you say that? Yeah. Excuse mm -hmm. me? If I were or oh, 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 big girl, but she keep their hair pretty. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. So I, my, my, my identity and my beauty was attached to my hair. So when I cut it off. I, yeah. Now I was just a big girl and I didn't have pretty hair, so I was really lost for a second there. Mm. So all um, of that can absolutely die. All of that can die. Mm -hmm. Yes. What else we throwing away? Trash in the trash. Yeah, that's it's funny because that's exactly what I was going to talk about when you talked about colorism. I wasn't mm -hmm. going to talk about colorism. I was just talking about about judgment, being judgmental mm -hmm. of people. You know, one thing I said, and I don't know if this is a let it go, but I think we have to stop. I'm going to stop assuming people know what I need from them. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, if I need you to have a conversation with me because there's something that I really need to talk to you about, but when I call you, you're just so busy. I can't just get mad at you because I haven't told you that like, you need that conversation. I need yeah. this time with you. We talked about this before. That's an uncommunicated expectation. expectation yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and that'll never be met. It'll never be met, but I think you have to... There are things that we need from each other mm -hmm. that I have to let you know I, I need. Because there are certain people who I talk to and I need certain things from them. Mm -hmm. But if I haven't communicated with them, because I don't know what they're going through. Mm -hmm. right? And if I don't let, I need you right now. Then I don't know what you're going through because you may be mentally what you want me for right now. I can't deal you. with it. Right. I like a, a friend of mine was asking me to um, read a particular chapter in her book that she just released. Um, and I might plug it. Let me, um, I'm going to, I'm going to come back to that. But she, I like what she said when she texted me. She said, um, do you have the bandwidth to handle this right now? Oh, I mm. like that. Oh, that's good. Changed my whole life mm. because I had the opportunity to say yes, yes or no. Mm. Yes. I, she knew that I was willing to help her, but she asked me, do you have the bandwidth to deal with this right now, or do we need to? Do you need to handle it later? And even because she asked me that, even though at that specific moment I didn't have the bandwidth, the fact that she gave me an option, I said yes. Mm. And what? And I was gonna say, what does she mean by bandwidth? Well, what I took from that was, do you have the time? The space, do you have the energy, the all space? of space. Do you have? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you able to make capacity? Yeah. Can yeah. you put all of this in your your schedule? Um, for me, like, mm -hmm. do you have that? Like, are you going to make, because sometimes when people ask you to do stuff, some, we prioritize, you know, yes. certain things. So, cause I, I can yeah. remember a situation where I was going through, um, some things and the person that I was reaching out to, to talk to, I'm like, boy, they just keep pushing me to the side. They just keep pushing me to the side, but I didn't communicate with the person what I specifically needed. 
but not knowing at that time what I wanted from them, they could not mm-hmm. handle it because they had their own situation they were going mm-hmm. through. And so I'm feeling hurt, like, okay, I'm being pushed to the side, but at the moment, they they can't communicate. Look. I can't even handle it right now. I can't now. even handle yeah. what you're going through. I got my own things that I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until some time later after we communicated about it, it's like, Okay, I understand now, but at that moment, I didn't understand mm-hmm. what was actually why I felt like I was being pushed to the side mm-hmm. um, because I didn't communicate what I needed. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. That is. Communicate your expectations. This is good. What else? What else you guys have to throw away? I'm throwing away all my trash. Society need to get together. Y'all people out there need you, to get together. You said something that we didn't we didn't fully operating explore. In love? You said the one about um, operating in love. Well, we can't throw that away. That's something you want us to do. You said throw away not operating in love, but you said something about being judgmental. Yeah, but we end up covering it, um, talking about um, judging people, judging kids, or what Jan was talking about. Just, um, I think in society, um, I think God calls us to operate in love. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we miss opportunities to connect with individuals because we're being judgmental. Yes. Mm. Um, And so... Like, for me, like, I think that, and, like, being a lesbian, it was, might have been hard for my family, but I didn't experience that. Like, my family was definitely operated in love, whether mm-hmm. they were praying or, or not. I think my family operated in love, and so I didn't have to experience, like, the judgment and the shame and, uh, God forbid, like, killing <clears throat> killing myself because you don't feel supported. I don't think people necessarily understand what that judgment looks like and how their judgment, like I think it would be hard as a parent to just kick your child out because of their sexuality. And, and I, I know people that have done that. That have done that because, because of that. I think that would be very hard because you don't understand what that's doing to them. You're basically telling them that because of this one thing, but I know in a black community, now you can be a whole crackhead and still live in my house, but I'm <laughs> a whole crackhead. Gator smoked up the TV, but <laughs> is that what they said on the movie? Mm-hmm. What was that? Yeah, you know, Mama, I, I smoked the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a <laughs> crackhead. So you're a whole crackhead and I stole all my money, but you still in my house? Right. But, so I just think it's important for us to, if we do have differences with people, um, to just still operate in love. It's not your job to judge them. It's not your job. And I think we have a higher, I think in society, we have a hierarchy of like sin of hierarchy of what is worse in my eyes, but people often sometimes don't realize that you have a whole plank in your eye. Right. You're yes. a liar. You're right. a backbiter. What is a backbiter? I notice people say you're a liar and a backbiter. What's a backbiter? Like, <laughs> like Two-Face. You talk oh, Two-Face. Okay. Yeah. You're a liar and a backbiter. You're and, and here's the thing with you're that, angry. though. A lot of... Oh, a thief. lot of... Um, I, I, hear, I hear you clearly. Um... Some people, when they say judgment, it's because they don't they don't want you to tell them anything. But I I know that's not that's what you're not saying. What I'm saying yeah. I know that's not what you're saying. I'm I'm making it clear that that's okay. not what you're saying. Yeah. So when people hear it, they won't feel like you know um, that she's saying, "Oh, I don't want you to tell me nothing." That's not what she's saying. You are absolutely correct in the fact that in that operating in love is a solution to that. When you first, um, I don't even know how you ever. Uh, told us anything I don't remember but one of the very first things I did and I never told you this but as a um 
uh, just as a believer, as a church leader, I went to my pastor and asked him, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I handle, um, as a Christian woman? And I know that this doesn't necessarily, uh, her, her lifestyle at a time, this doesn't line up with, with what I, it's not my standard, mm-hmm. right? And that's what I want to get back to. This is not the standard I live by, but this is my sister and I love her. So what, how do I handle the situation? And the one thing he said to me, love her. Mm. That settled it. Yeah. There was no, there's no judgment in love. That's right. right. Okay. And, there's nothing for me to, to judge you against because at the end of the day, um, as long as I'm living, there's something, there, there's something in me that doesn't measure up to the whole, to the standard I set for myself too. So for me to judge you for a stand for your stand that didn't match mine, I would have to judge me for my stand that didn't match mine too. The mm-hmm. one thing he said to me from the very beginning, your only responsibility is to love her. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the only, and, and I, that's all I could do um, is pray that I never did anything to offend you or to make you feel like, um, you were being judged or that you were any less than in my eyes um, or anything like that. And, um, but I had that conversation with him way at, at the very beginning. And the mm-hmm. one thing he said was your only responsibility is to love her. And I guess something that when I, when I found out and I, we got a whole episode we can do on this. No, we really I, do. Think, I think what, it's not that it bothered me, but I started thinking about, okay, what did I do wrong? Cause Amanda lived with me. And her was sophomore through high school. She said, well, so I started trying to figure out, well, what did I do wrong? Because I, well, where <laughs> this came about from? Because where that, yeah. okay, now you like women? What, what? Because that's know, not. I literally liked girls since I was like five. But, but, but no one I ever knew. But I mm-hmm. didn't, I did not know that. I'm like, that never came up. So I started questioning. I failed somewhere. Mm. And this is how I raised her because I'm like, this is how parents feel too. And then I started thinking, well, maybe I had too many people because I I like men. I'm like, well, maybe I had too many men around or. You literally didn't have anybody (laughs) around. So I started thinking, like, well, what did I do wrong? Because I don't know where this came from. And then some of the people who, who you first liked. If, if you won't argue with me, we got a problem. I don't like you. Now this is so that's where that's, that's where this is a whole other conversation because we could we could explore all our, our different individual love lives. So right. baby, that's a song. That's a story. Now y'all gonna be willing to be but open about that one because that, that's that a whole other like, saga. That was I said. So I felt like I had done something wrong mm. and had the question. You felt like, like her sexuality was a personal attack against you, or something, I thought it was something that, that I did wrong no. by raising her. Like, mm. with me raising her, I did something wrong. Because, you know, at that time, we would hit the road. We was we was in Georgia. We was here, there, everywhere. So did you think maybe you didn't pay attention to me or that something yeah, like happened I had, to me? Yeah, like I had done something wrong because I'm like, well, where this came from? Because... But- that's really interesting. That's pro- like what you said. That's probably how parents are identifying that I must have done something wrong to have my child doing this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you didn't do anything wrong. Absolutely nothing. But I was like, I wonder if parents think the same thing. I got a whole crackhead out here. Are they 
did I do something wrong? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure that's what they're thinking. And anything that's outside of what you feel is a trajectory that you have for your child or the person that you're caring for, that it must be that you have somehow done yeah, something yeah, wrong. Yeah. And so, but in turn, but you never, you didn't stop loving me. You oh, didn't no, stop no, doing anything. Because any of those that's things. not my heart. I'm right. Like, you still my sister. I don't, that, that's not any. We got another. Yes, episode. we'll talk about because that. Because there's some other things that <laughs> yes. you said to me afterwards. I'm like, y'all actually thought that you and Jamela, y'all actually thought, but we I'm not going to give it up. Yes, y'all not going to give it up. That means we're going to have to put a plug in this one. This is going to be a part right. two on this. I don't know what we're going to call that one. Relationships. I, know. I don't know so what we relationships went on. I know we have my We have some things to tell. Listen. And. And this is the kind of conversation that families need to have because some stuff goes unsaid and then yeah. people don't know how you're feeling about them and it, they could be thinking you're feeling one way when you're completely feeling another yeah. or, or you know, you're not able to operate in love because you don't understand and all that kind of stuff. So I hope you guys have kind of... I just of, want to say thank you for loving me. Like, thank you for... Just in all of this, that I'm happy that we're doing the the podcast. Yeah. And hopefully, that we yeah. are impacting lives out there, yeah. and you guys are having your um, your family meetings with your families. Because as you can see, there's still stuff that we haven't, you know, explored. We're, we're, we're learning, we're still discovering stuff. We're learning and we're growing. Um, we're learning and we're growing. And so I, just, I literally just wanted to say I'm glad that that was trash that you had already thrown away. That you already learned whether someone told you or whether that was just a part of your heart that you learned how to operate in love. Yeah, yes. and that's deep. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful, and that's a good place to end it. Yeah. Operating yeah. love, operating love. Listen, guys, I hope you guys, like Amanda said, are having your own family meetings and. If you are, why don't you email us and tell us some things that you're meeting about yes. and how your family meetings are going. We also want you to begin emailing us any questions that you may have, any listener letters, because we do want to start reading your listener letters um, on the episodes, on the podcast. So email us any of your questions or concerns or um, any listener letters, or if you have specific questions and comments about the episodes, send us your listener letters mm-hmm. too. The Sisters Collective Six at gmail.com. The Sisters Collective Six at gmail.com. And we may be able to read your listener letter, your question, your comment aloud. We want you to continue to join us every single week. Yeah. Right here at the Sisters Collective for our All family right. meetings. All right. We enjoy right, you. Yes. All right. See y'all next week. Peace out. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Sisters Collective. Tune in next week for another family meeting. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and follow us at the Sisters Collective on all social media platforms.